Guys, this is Mike Ursulo, Brian. Hello. Check us out on netsdaily.com, Almighty Baller Network, at Big Blue Guys on Twitter, uh, iTunes, search the Blue Guys, rate us on iTunes. Can Brian, you, can you explain to me what your issue is with that? I mean, it's it's just really good. This I can't believe how divisive this intro is. What with that intro? Yeah, people love it, and people are like, no, and I, there's you. I don't even dislike it. It's I do like it. I appreciate it. I just think the energy of it. I love the other one. It's that I like the other one better. Yeah, it's a little hokey. Though. Well, you're kind of a hokey guy, so that's the thing. You're like you're like anchorman. How you dare still you? Quote Borat. You know, that's did, did you plan that intro just so then you can insult me? Was <laughs> yeah, that the? This is the long play. Yeah. Um, welcome back to the glue guys. Oh, thanks. Great to be here, Mike. Um, Brian Egan, how are you? <clears throat> I'm doing well. Uh, you wanted to hear the story. So okay, so yes, let's just. This is a part two to my broken finger, um, everybody. So we, it's not a real part two. Yeah. Basically, I caught a shirt last night at Barclays to make up for it. Well, here's what happened: I, I had a special feeling as soon as I sat down in my seats, I knew that this is exactly around the area where a t-shirt would be shot. So I had a special feeling, and then I was also sitting next to a French guy, and my actual, <laughs> okay. my actual thought about that, and I had this thought too: so was like, French guy probably can't catch. If a thing's coming at me, stay away from that guy because he's. I've learned right. my lesson with spastic people. He seems so like we're he's blaming it. We're blaming your hand injury on the person that was next to you last time. Yes, yeah, we've decided. 100%, okay, one hundred percent. So obviously, thing comes flying in the seat like right between us. I let the French guy have a have a go at it. It f- flies through his hands, careens off the seat behind us, and lands right between us. He's looking all over for it, and I just casually reach over and grab it and then he looks at me like oh like for me I was like, oh no <laughs> really i was like actually i have a special connection to this shirt for a couple of reasons yes so i'm gonna keep it actually and i it was a it's a hilarious shirt because it's so what it's, is it what do they give it's out? just a nets logo like the top like at the 20, 25% of it is Nets logo, and then there's 75% Models on the, on the gut of the, of the shirt. And, so the, and yeah. this guy thought that you were going to give it to him? He thought I was like going to give it to him. I was like, boy. yeah, if you were like 15 years younger, maybe we'd talk. But yeah, That's this a is, sweet thought to live in the world where you think... French. He's French. Someone yeah. with a broken hand yeah. is going to give away a t-shirt. <laughs> I mean, it really... I mean, it hit him directly in the hands, and he... He just he th- he thought he felt he had some ownership over it, despite. And I was like, in America, if you blow a play, that's on you, and you, you know. Yeah, there, there's no retribution. There's yeah. actually no act two. Yeah, you're done. Actually, yeah. but you did have an act two. Look well, at you. You redeem yourself. That's it. That's the only act two we want to see. Um, I hope there's a trilogy. There's <laughs> yeah. enough time left in the season. Um, the Nets are playing great, wow. so you can certainly go to the game. Wow. Um, I've never heard you uh, say anything like that before, Brian. Yeah. How about the Nets? Can we do well, this? Can we be real about this for a outside sec? Outside of catching shirts, it was a heck of a game. Uh, it was the Hawks game. This was the Hawks game, I yeah. was at. Uh, and, uh, wow. It was like, you know, it was one of the things that we were talking about on GChat earlier today is like, <clears throat> there haven't been many times where we've had a, uh, a a grind of a win, an ugly win, you know, a, like things aren't going well necessarily on, on the offensive end type of win. Like, we need right. things to be 
going very well on both ends of the ball for us to eke out a win against anybody. And this one, we things weren't the ball wasn't falling in. It was like you know, I think we well, scored like ninety Brooke, points or something. Brooke was out for the the last part of the game, and yeah. no, um, was like there was like really bad droughts. And normally we would totally get crushed in those situations in the past. But what happened, Mike? Did we lock it down defensively, or is well Atlanta this, totally overrated? I don't know if you saw this, but this is from John Schumann. Uh, the Nets have the best defensive rating in the NBA over the past two weeks. Did you know that, Brian? I've seen, um, I saw them some rumblings about their defensive rating. I didn't know it was that high, though. Yeah, and, and so, like, what? They've played the Pistons. They've played teams that aren't yeah, good sure. offensively. But, so, like, during the season, what was fun about the Nets was that their offense, they would be shooting a ton of threes, they'd do a bunch of stuff. Their defense was always horrible. Mm-hmm. Now we're playing some defense. Um, I tweeted this out. I said this at BK Glue, guys, so you can follow it. I said if this team was in the playoffs, Brian, they would be making some ruckus. You know that here's here's what's sad about this fan base. Uh, I think you said that with some sincerity, with some sincerity. That'd be a good podcast, by the way. About like 75% sincerity. And some people are like, that's sad. Like, stop stop poking fun at the Nets. Like, you guys are indignant and you don't even realize it. Like, we're being dead serious about them. This team is, is, so it's like not even, I'm not even trying to be like, uh, uh, positive towards my captor. My captor is following this Nets team all season. How bad they've been. Your and captor? Now, what is that? You know, there's the there's the there's a the complex where the person who abducts you and keeps you captive. Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. You begin to sympathize and right. agree. With, so the Nets team has kept me <laughs> captive feel, the whole you feel year. You're a hostage. I've to been this. a hostage yeah. to this terrible team uh-huh. with very little hope for all year. Yeah, but I don't think this is Stockholm syndrome. I think this is actually this team is playing well. I mean, it's. It would, it would be Stockholm syndrome if they were still losing and you right. had these this delusion. No. They no. are they are legitimately a rising basketball team at this point mm-hmm. in the season. Um All right, so what do you attribute it to? Go quick, fast. Well, so Frank Vogel said this after the after the Magic game, another win by the Nets, a back-to-back win by the Nets. Can I just uh, sorry, I had yes. to I just The Nets are back. Good lord. How why, happy why, are you? Why, how come I can never find this thing when I Cuz your hand it? is broken. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh, wait, let me look at this. Yeah. Um, I want to press one. The Nets are um, back. So the Frank Vogel said this after the Magic game that so the fourth quarter the Nets started off an 11-0 run. Booker was on the bench. Booker was playing. But he was on the benching of Spencer Dinwiddie and Trevor Booker. They went an 11-0 run. The Nets did to start the fourth quarter. It was because of the bench. Mm-hmm. This team's bench. Partly because Jeremy Lin is back and that the bench unit is a little better because he's not obviously playing, but the better players are now also on the bench unit. This whole entire team, 1 through 15, let's say, 1 through 12, whatever, Mm -hmm. are all understanding what they're supposed to be doing out on the floor. It is 100% the credit of Kenny Atkinson, Brian. I am uh, an Atkinson acolyte. Wow. That's what I'm doing an right addiction? now. An addict An addict <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. We're just... Tweet, tweeted us a terrible pun for, for Kenny Atkinson for Kenny fandom. <laughs> um, the Atklanson? Ac- oh, well, good. Yeah. That's good, Ac- Mike. Yeah. Um, every time a guy comes in, basically, on this team, comes into the game, he seems to know what he's doing. He may not be very good, mm. but he seems to know what he's supposed to be doing. In the NBA, you can see dysfunction more than any other sport. Dysfunction is obvious on the court uh, between because you can see the interactions between the coaches and the players. This team, while bad, is not dysfunctional. Who is it that always says, I feel like there's like some national broadcaster, like Hubie Brown or something, I don't know, says um, 
that uh like the one thing you always got to have is is a uh um you know an identity what's your identity what do you what are you hanging your hat on yeah, when you, you get out there every mba yeah this yeah. is this is a classic thing and it's one of those very you know rote cliche things that i you know i think it's easy to agree with and the nets are beginning to find that and that's you know uh I did not predict it, but it's pounding the paint is what it is. It's it's streaking into the paint, not pounding it. But, but uh, I mean, yes, we shoot a lot of threes, but also playing at a re- very fast pace and getting a ton of points in the paint. Well, yeah, I mean, and again, it's like... If, we, if that's our identity, Mike, that's awesome. That's an awesome identity. It's a better identity than just shooting threes like it was be- yeah. in the beginning. The beginning of the season, the three-point outage was so... It had it had nothing to do with basketball. It was simply the fact that they just wanted to shoot threes. It had nothing to do with the flow of the game. It made no sense. This mm-hmm. team, now as it's matured, gotten under Atkinson, started to understand what they're supposed to do, is shooting better threes mm-hmm. and getting inside like you're saving. I mean, Trevor Booker, just love him to death. So that, happy he's that, on this That team. Orlando game was something else, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, I really do think it's all Atkinson. I think I, think I just... It, they're in a special situation because he is a first-year head coach. Uh, so usually coaches do get some kind of slack in their first year. Players aren't immediately don't hate them, mm-hmm. unless you're Lionel Hollins. And he has made this team, one, continue to give effort despite the fact that they stink and they really have, they have nothing to play for. Yeah. And he's made it so that they are actually winning games while the, the, the Hawks should be trying to win basketball games. And they they couldn't go. They looked terrible. The I mean, so we talked about this before the pod, but like Budenholzer was like the god among NBA media for mm-hmm. like a year and a half when he took that Hawks team that had the, the best record in the East or whatever. And everyone was saying he's he's Popovich Jr. Mm-hmm. I saw a team that was like just a disaster. De- dejected. Did you see? Oh, because you were at the game. You didn't see this. They showed this uh, when Kenny Atkinson was talking to the press before the game. Um, Paul Millsap interrupted him. Wow. And just wanted to say hello. Wow. And Atkinson said, hey, how's the family? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Paul Millsap's a free agent, Brian. Mm. What could this team use? We definitely could use a little power forward action. We certainly could. I'm just saying, man. Yeah, certainly There's could. some buzz. There's some positivity <clears throat> around this team. And it's moving in the right direction. I guess what happened to Kent Bazemore, man? He looks just all out of whack out there. Well, that's Kent Bazemore is the type of dude that, that this team hopefully... Like, I don't know what the Atlanta would want to trade him, but, like, he has a high contract, and if he's not playing that well, and Atkinson obviously knows how to play with him, it's pretty mm-hmm. obvious that that's, like, the type of dude you target and mm-hmm. maybe try to get on this team for nothing. Basically, like, we'll assume salary and keep it going. Um, yeah, lots to look forward to, though, Mike. I mean, so I was looking at this, I think we're 11 and 22 or 21 or something with Jeremy 20, Lin. Yeah, I think it's 11 and 20 or 11, 21. Yeah. yeah. So that puts us at about in the in the 30 win range, I think 28 <laughs> win range season long. Not great. Yeah, no, but still like about where, you know, like on the optimistic end of where people were projecting us. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, a 30-win team, you're looking at guys that are, you know, teams that are going to make have 36 wins and make it into the playoffs. And this should have been the worst year for the Nets, right? I mean, I mean, is that right? Who's the, What's the last places? Um, I know that, like, the top, the bottom two seeds in the East are going to be under 500. I think that's almost guaranteed at this point. Yeah. Um, I'd have to look at it. I mean, the, again, the, the fact that the Hawks are a playoff team or were a playoff team, the Pacers mm-hmm. are or were a playoff team at one point, the Pistons, who we also have seen, are or were a playoff team. They're all not good. 
Yeah. They're all better than the Nets over the long haul of the season, but if the blueprint is pretty simple for the Nets to at least be semi competitive, mm-hmm. it's sign, throw the big contract to the wing player. Yeah. Hopefully you draft a couple of dudes that can play immediately. Yeah. And just move I on. I should tell you off air, <clears throat> Mike Mike sort of plays an antagonist, like he's, he's a caricature really of himself on <laughs> on the, on the show. Uh, but off the air, he is bullish about what Jeremy Lin does, and he attributes a ton no, of no. the success to Kenny Atkins uh, to Jeremy Lin and absolutely parent. I'm telling you, he's doing it again. But this is <laughs> off the air. This is what he does. And those tweets where he talks about how excited he is for Jeremy Lin, those should be read sincerely. Sure. Whatever. See, look at this. No, no, I, no, 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 no. I also it's don't fun. think keep it up. Jeremy Lin is the savior. I don't think he's that. This is more. D- he's not. Let's be- <laughs> he's played okay. His per thirty six. He's a per thirty six god, but he's yeah. not playing as well since he's come back from injury. Watch. I'm going to turn off this podcast, and and Mike's going <laughs> to turn. He's going to blow yeah. him up. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, and also, what's been great to see is. So I wanted to also those. So Jeremy Lin was what ten and twenty one while he was on the team. Whatever Archie Goodwin, the team is six and five with Archie Goodwin. Hey. So how much do you give Archie Goodwin for that? Tons. Um, they signed him to a two year deal. Yeah, it's Exciting. nice to have him on. But he seemed very sweet in his uh, in the one like long expose about him. He's just a ch- he looks like a child. Yeah, he looks like LeBron, like boyish. a LeBron's yeah. one of LeBron's children. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> like the little he, he should boring. he should do away with a headband. No headband. What do you think? Uh. The headband takes up too much of his face, I would say. It seems like he doesn't have a very large head. So it's like <laughs> He's only 22, and I didn't realize that. You yeah. know, these guys get out there like, uh, I think it was in Net Income's piece about the about the contract, was that he's 22 and he's the second youngest player on the team yeah. to Whitehead, um, which I didn't even think about. So if you, could, if you just suddenly were able to draft a guy who is the age of Archie Goodwin, you'd probably be a late first-round pick this year. If you think about mm-hmm. it that way, so then he's... I think I think Archie Goodwin, if he's twenty two, well, maybe a second round pick. Mm. They basically saved a second round pick. Oh, and there's this other, another interesting thing. You see the second round pick that the Nets could get from the Pacers. Yeah, we could have <laughs> four or five picks if we buy another one too. And I'm going to do. I didn't tell you this, but I've talked to the superiors at Nets Daily about a story I want to do. You didn't tell me about this. What's going I didn't on? I told you about this. I'm going to I'm going to write a draft uh, preview story that I created. It's called. It's it's about you know how we talk about the draft in uh you know like they have to hit a home run mm-hmm. they or no they just have to hit some doubles mm. I'm going to give you prospects in each of the four baseball mm. do you want outcomes. to do a little infographic can I can I I could do a little design thing for you that'd be beautiful would you like we could that? do a a Smeltzigan collaboration that'd I love be nice it. hey Mike don't ever leave me out of the loop again okay oh, sorry. bottom line can I tell you one more thing yeah go ahead. We've been talking about unicorns. Unicorn is this phrase that you've been talking about. Unicorns. Okay, so you've uh, got Miles you've got Turner <laughs> unicorn paintings on your walls. You get so mad about Miles Turner when I bring him up. He's a three-point shooting center. <laughs> you get so mad. It's just not right. It's not. Yeah. It's just, um. I mean. Okay. okay. All right. So Brooke Lopez has taken and made more threes than any other seven-footer in the league this season. This season. Yeah, he's on pace to break the season record uh, or the the. NBA record, uh, really? For yeah, I think Dirk Nowitzki shot. This was in, I think it was it must have been a Nets Daily article. Three hundred ninety for the season is is the most a person that's seven feet tall or or taller has ever shot in the season. And, and Brooke, I think, has three hundred sixty two or something. If he keeps at his average of five point two a game, he's gonna he's gonna break it or hit it. And did you, was I down the whole time? No, no, no you're fine. Right. You know, you you fluctuate because you don't have a 
a stable look mic at this. position. Look at this. I what know it? you're doing better today. I'm proud of you. I got an L-shaped. Every, yeah. And Anyways. you have a broken hand, but you're still doing it. I'm really proud of you. Um, it is. So there's that. I think it was what? Was it in the Atlanta game? When Brooke, well, Brooke had that amazing move on Paul Millsap. Was in the fourth quarter. I think he had that like the the turn, spin, turn around again, jumper over Paul Millsap. Dude, he was hitting some stupid shots. And whole he, had, game. he had another incredible three. Another like unexplainable. If you watch Brooke from your whole life, yeah. And now <laughs> is seeing him hit a three where he does the dribble between the legs, kind of even a step back three, which is he made incredible. a shot that would like on the playground. A, a, a playground three like that distance uh where he was just splitting two defenders and like shooting it on the go basically like like just like sort of almost like a you know a, a very long two layup like somewhere in the third quarter it was like the one of the most difficult shots i've seen people like anyone take or make in, in the season it was like totally under the radar nobody gave no, nobody thought a, a lick about it i just think it's incredible how i know no one cares about the nets nationally like we get it because they have no draft picks there's nothing interesting about them technically but Brooke is so criminally underrated mm. for you've, what you've he's officially so, gone, gone to the other side of the spectrum, huh? I've always, I've always been pro Brooke. Always been pro Brooke. Don't you dare! Uh-huh. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Sure. That was no an unwarranted eye roll, sir. <laughs> unwarranted. I mean, and I don't. You talk about trading him for the first. <laughs> well, I think they still, they still would love for them to trade him because it'd be so much more interesting. Mm-hmm. But he, he is so incredibly underrated. I forget who it was, if it was Dinwiddie or someone else called Brooke essentially a unicorn after one of the games they won recently. And it is true. I mean, the guy is, he's evolved incredibly quickly to the modern NBA. And all it took was like yeah. a coach who actually was like, hey, Brooke, you should shoot threes. That's is, all he did. This is what I was talking about too uh, with with the guy I went to the game with. It's like, if like first of all, you just think of, I always think of Brooke Lopez. I <laughs> call him the guy you went to the game with. You can't <laughs> and, even, and Dwight Howard, I can't mention him. You know, he's the, undercover. The, the undercover to, brother. Yeah. Um, like thinking there's like how how basically like value-wise polar opposite Dwight Howard and Brooke Lopez is at present. Just thinking about like, Brooke Lopez's value only going up as he adds more elements to his game, more weapons to his offense, has to be seen as one of the most offensively gifted centers, you know, in the last how many years. Uh, whereas Dwight is fitting his game into a smaller and smaller little niche. It's crazy. It's so it's getting so lame and sad. And Brooke's game is just is doing all kinds. And you know what I really attributed to is uh, there was a, a series of coaches that told Brooke to get rebounds. And Kenny Atkinson was yes. like, "Don't even pay attention to anything <laughs> about that. Don't even, don't even like I like the whole like is Brooke tough thing was is was like I I like put like the um who was it uh, Johnson um, PJ uh, like Avery Johnson PJ and Lionel Hollins those that crew of like we got to get Brooke to be tough down in the paint like they were responsible for nearly ruining his his whole self image and and basketball career." Because that's not who yeah. he is. He's a finesse player. He's a beautiful, he's a beautiful unicorn, and they want him to play like a, like a, like a mule. That's yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> it's not what he is. And it's it's it really you know I'm not I'm not going to bring up trade value, but he he is a valuable player just overall. Yeah, he's a very valuable player, and he's he's proven that. And your Dwight Howard point is so correct. And I think I was listening to Steve Nash was on Bill Simmons' podcast, and Steve Nash talked about like how at the worst time. For Dwight to do this. There was a time when Dwight was just a pick and roll center and would mm-hmm. dunk everything. And then he decided, I'm going to train with Hakeem Olajuwon yeah. and be a back-to-the-basket center. Yeah. When no one wants to see that. And right. no one wants to do that. It Nobody's makes no playing sense. that way. Yeah. Um, and 
as like we I mean he was not even noticeable on the floor. Yeah. There's not a single Dwight Howard moment. They yeah. don't exist anymore. The Rockets got rid of Dwight Howard and they've gotten 12 more wins or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Um and James Harden is going to win the MVP. Mm-hmm. Be, because Dwight Howard is gone. Yes. They've they've replaced him with Ryan Anderson to to enormous effect. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Anderson. Yeah. Um mailbag? Oh, sure, why not? Let's just uh get the mail going. Mail time. Mail Enough of that. Enough of that. Um, <clears throat> first up, this is Cheer Boy. That's Ken Lewis. Ken, who? Who is that? Ken Lewis. Ken Lewis. Ken Lewis. I wasn't expecting his the two first names. Ken Lewis. Thanks for Ken Lewis. <laughs> thanks for hitting me up, Ken Lewis. Um, you're great, and everyone else is great for for emailing us. That's netspod at gmail dot com. Wow. Keep them coming. We adore it. That's um, how you promote. Yeah. Slash host. Um, so he was saying the travesty of the boy on trade isn't losing bogey. It's losing the roster spots. Cliff Alexander has killed the last few weeks of D league and should get a shot. He's 22 and isn't here because of 27 year old Nicholson, who is capital T terrible. Yeah, he is terrible. They saved Wizards so much money by getting rid of a guy that can't play. Any idea how we can fix this disaster? <laughs> 20 million left, and he. Sorry, my phone turned off. Doesn't fit the Nets at all. Um, if you think Andrew Nicholson doesn't fit the Nets, have you watched any Cliff Alexander clips no, lately? I haven't. Um, if. It's I mean, I remembered his game. He went to Kansas, right? At He's that 22, guy. Twenty-two. I would say he is currently less uh, athletic than thirty-five-year-old <laughs> Zach Randolph, whoever old he is. Sure, he cannot get off the ground. <laughs> I mean, he's like big, and he's you know he can he can. Can finish a play with a dunk, of course, but it's at tw- which I love. Yeah, at twenty-two, he is grounded. He is two feet firmly on the earth. Yeah, I mean, the the Nicholson thing is like a slight problem, but I still want to give Kenny Atkinson's coaching staff like an off season and then a training camp with Nicholson because there was something there. I mean, we all remember there was there was a sliver of something. There's a, there's a but thing. there's a problem that he can't. Find the court at all on this team yeah. where Atkinson plays everyone twenty minutes a game. Yeah, and you know there should be minutes for a stretch four on this team. I'm just so surprised that nobody likes my Andre Blatch comparison. Like it's like a poor man's Andre Blatch, which is very poor, like a very bad situation. Very poor, but yeah. Blatch was Blatch was because of his size, just so. I mean, and he could get points. Like he was always going to get like, points. Andrew Nicholson does a lot of what Blatch does a little less face to the basket stuff than, than Blatch does. But like when I, whenever he gets his, you know, six minutes and he's looking to do a lot of low post work, that's like excessively spinny and, and you right. know, that kind of, and like, you know, a lot of under the basket hooks and stuff like that was, that was Blatch's bread and butter. Yeah. I, I just, <clears throat> all right, fine. To fine, worry about Nicholson is not, I know the roster spot's a big deal, but like, it's there's all their places where they could be having experimentation on in this roster, and we're you know, we're still thirty million dollars under the cap, so yeah, they kind of needed to take on money just so they like save some face. And then again, I I still think like, if given time and Nicholson has some motivation to do this, he could provide some value down the road. Yeah, it was still a good trade. I mean, Boyan was going to be gone. He wasn't doing anything for your team. And in fact, can I just be, I mean, I love him on the Wizards, but I got to be honest, 
this team's more enjoyable without him, and uh, it's given more minutes to Levert and Whitehead and guys like Dinwiddie, who should be on the floor more than a guy who's going to be gone. Um, so while watching a bunch of Cliff Alexander footage uh, in in response to that question, I went to watch some Nate Robinson on the Delaware 87ers. 87ers, yeah. Um, did Great you team. see this, that they wore... Um, these pink Power Ranger jerseys oh, for a game. Oh, that's great. See, that's the kind of, that's the kind of cross-branding promotion that I'm... You want the Nets I'm to totally do? comfortable with. No. No, I mean, I prefer it enormously to the stupid patch in the shoulder. Like, that's just so... It's just so lazy. Uh, I, it's uh, not creative. Yeah, what is even the what is even the sponsor for the Nets this year coming up? In four. Yeah. Like, that's in also... Four. I've always been... If you're going to have a sponsor, you... Get a cool one. There's millions out there. Just get a cool <clears throat> look. Steve you know, Madden shoes. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you tell the story game. about how you watched the the Wolf of Wall Street with your mother-in-law? That's, that's the story. That's. The- <laughs> I went to my mother-in-law came to visit, and Wolf of Wall Street was out, and we're like, "Let's go see it." That and is, of course, have you seen it? Yeah. The first five pre- minutes of that pretty amazingly uncomfortable. I can't believe you stuck with it. That's that's unbelievable. There was like a look in both of our eyes, like it, we're going to come out of this in the, in the better. Like we're going to go through this moment and then come out, and we'll be able to handle anything. Yeah, maybe that was just in my head. She's probably looking at me like, "She's like, can we go? Can idiot. take me out of here? Like, <laughs> <laughs> show some initiative." Can, yeah, I, I still abort. can't believe that they show that that scene from Wolf of Wall Street every time Steve Madden's at the game. Like, yeah, isn't that basically like? Didn't he have to pay a huge fine, or didn't he get caught up in that legal? Messing somehow? I'm sure no, he did. That's, that's not my world, Mike. I don't yeah, know about who that. Cares. Finance, um, finance, finance. <laughs> the uh do you want maybe I should read the next one. Sure. What do you think about that idea? You could do that. Is that a good idea? Okay. Uh next up is this is Cheer Boy. Mike Tuffy. Thank you for hitting us up, Mike. By the way, my, my hands are sweaty right now, and I shook someone's hand who whose hand was extremely sweaty. Mm-hmm. Mm. The combination was... Well, no, I just, just reminded me of when you ever you shake someone, because I shook someone's hand today whose hand was really sweaty. Yeah. Like, unnaturally sweaty. Like, mm-hmm. pure water. Katie, my, my wife has hyperhidrosis. She has very sweaty hands. Specifically, it's like she's had Botox shots in her, the palms of her hands to try really? to solve it. It's crazy. If you like, if you just like rub the hand, you can it can it'll drip and fall off. Like you can see it, her like, hand will fall off. Like God, you, your dad humor right now is off the chain. <laughs> Take some dad pills. Off before the tonight? chain. Come on. <laughs> Soft the brain. <laughs> Worst oh of god. all, oh my god, I can't. Okay, I can't do okay. this. Okay, I feel like we're about to watch the Anchorman. Right. All right. Um, Mike Duffy, since since we already have three draft picks and could get Indiana's, and we'll definitely want to sign a few free agents. I was wondering where you guys think these roster spots will come from, with the team playing well lately and guys like Goodwin and Dinwiddie improving and getting guaranteed spots for next year. Who do you guys think will be moved up to open spots? Um, they're going to trade Brooke Lopez. They're going to trade Jeremy. So Lynn. hang on. Let me before before we get into this. Let me just loop in. Cheer boy, Manny Martinez. Um, thanks for hitting us up, Manny. Um, so he's basically asking the same thing. He's got a bunch of thoughts on this though. So he says I would cut Dinwiddie, Hamilton, and Harris. Uh, Dinwiddie, who's, Hamilton, who's Harris. on your your making? Make him break squad right now. Uh, for me, the people that I yeah. I just generally am not super high on don't don't love that. So this is a, this is another contentious thing on the internet is Kilpatrick. 
what to do with Sean Kilpatrick. Why? For me, uh, he's he he doesn't fit necessarily the the pattern that we're trying. He's to done achieve better here. though recently, and Atkinson has given him more minutes recently. Yeah, he's a reliable-ish scorer. Reliable-ish scorer. When he's not scoring, it's pretty brutal. Yeah, he's tried to play defense better. I don't think he's equipped at doing it. I'm still pro Kilpatrick. I know he doesn't fit. His version of scoring is a little, I think we agree, Joe Johnson-esque. It's a little myopic. Um, A little bit, but he's more of a, well, I don't want to compare him to Joe Johnson, but he he can drive to the hoop, and he has potential to not be terrible at it, but... Okay, so he's on. He's not he's, on your. He's not. Yeah, he's not. He he'd be on my team. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin Hamilton, I'd be fine with parting, even though him and Brooke Lopez are apparently twins or something. Yeah. Whatever they were doing, they have a special relationship. Um, you know, I'm looking at the. I'm trying to look at the restaurant. I mean, Joe Joe Harris hasn't shown anything, even though we were so high on him. And he's yeah. only worth a million dollars next year, but I think it's probably worth more not to have him on your team and just have that open roster spot. Yeah, Dinwiddie's like you know I like I. I, I said earlier in the year that I did not want to see Spencer Dinwiddie play basketball anymore, mm-hmm. and I'm totally I was totally wrong. He's been pretty good. Yeah, I'm seeing why he was on this team, and you know we brought the whole Yogi Ferrell, Spencer Dinwiddie, blah blah blah. But he like he's getting smarter. I mean, he makes a lot of those. Like, I'm glad that we have one of those players that does the super annoying shooting a three while taking the pick, that high pick thing that everyone's doing nowadays, and he's like. He's in on that scam, which is great. And I don't think he's ex- he's not exactly like this guy, but like a little Sean Livingstony, just with the length and mm-hmm. sort of he's he doesn't bully guys, but he can he can use his length to kind of get him around situations and score. Yeah, you know, I, I'd rather have him on the team. But they're if they have four draft picks or whatever it turns out being, they have to figure it out. What they're going to do though is they're going to draft a bunch of international dudes. Yeah, and let this thing stew for even more. Yeah, and that's going to annoy people so much when they draft. Two, they're both their first rounders are guys that aren't going to come over next year. Yeah, everyone's just going to be boiling. Are they though? Station. I mean, they're not going to do that with their first rounders. What you think they're going to do that with their first round picks? Both of both, them. I think. I mean, what do I know? But I'm saying, I think, I think they could, and this is the type of team that would do that because there's yeah, so right. much value in these. I mean, so I don't know if you saw this. Chad Ford and Kevin Pelton did a top five prospects from the past year in terms of like guys who just were drafted this past mm-hmm. draft. If we could redraft, who would we do? And Boston had two guys, Zizic and um, the French Draymond Green, who were both in the top five, mm-hmm. uh, that are guys who are going to come over next year, but they were drafted late because they weren't going to be able to come over. Yeah. The Nets are – that's where the value is, is to get these guys that aren't going to come over. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, okay. So – and then also Foy, obviously, hits the yeah, he's, cutting room He's forward. gone. Um, that's so sad. He seems like a good teammate, but – He's gone. Yeah. Um, yeah. KJ McDaniels. That again. That's we'll see what he's they do a with keeper that. for me, big time. Yeah. I don't know why he's not getting any burn lately, though. I I wonder if there there's like some idea to trade someone like Booker, just because I think he's proven yeah. he has value, and his contract's only nine million dollars next year. And you know, I mean, he, I love him, but I don't think he has value on this team. He's not as good as Lynn and Lopez, and he's of the age where it's like, mm-hmm. what's what's he adding other than good guy vibes? And good guy vibes are important on this Nets team. Definitely, definitely. Uh, I mean, you as far as like a uh, 
a tough guy. You know, I think I think it is slightly important to have a guy that makes you feel tougher than you are. Like whenever I play pickup basketball, if I've got a tough guy on my team, I'm like, yeah, like this team's good. Um, I think yeah. it's I think it's helpful on the emotional spectrum to have a person, and I'm not saying that he's irreplaceable in that way, but uh, I think you do need a a, a certain guy. I mean, he's got a, like a nice guy, tough guy kind of thing. He's nice like guy, he's, tough guy, he's yeah. like yeah. I don't know what you what the comparison would be there. Like Russell Crowe in the nice guys, nice guy, tough guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, but you do want your basketball teams. You actually do. Yeah, you want the, the sort of a palette of personalities. You want oh. you don't not, want uh, yeah. you don't want all the same notes. Mm. That wouldn't be actually a fact if they were all nice dudes. No. Like the thing about the Spurs is that everyone thinks like, oh, they're all pretty bland, but they're yeah. not. No, they're all. But I did I, every time I see Kawhi get interviewed, it's just like. What's going on? I need to know. He's yeah. the most mysterious yeah. NBA superstar mm-hmm. ever of of our lifetime. Yeah, there can't be anyone who is as what what, what has he ever revealed binding. about himself? Nothing. Nothing. I don't Do think we know any ever... of his interests. He just he's one of those guys that's got an apartment with a lawn chair and a clock in it, and that's it. He, he's yeah. Matthew McConaughey, from True Detective. <laughs> True Detective. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Just maybe, lives, maybe lives for the game. Just has a Nerf hoop in his, in his bedroom, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. um, anything else? Um, <clears throat> nope, that's it. All right, want to do news around the league? Are I you sure gotta, do. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, but first, yeah, before news around the league. Good idea, Mike. Hey, you're getting good at this, man. Hey yo, do you play daily fantasy? Do you? I do. If you do, you should be playing on draft. Um, you should get this. Your chances of winning on draft are almost three times better than on FanDuel and DraftKings. This is true. The data shows 90% of players lose on DraftKings. On FanDuel, over 40% of the money goes to just 1% of the players. Now, if you're not a pro and you're not some creep who's spending hours a day on fantasy, you should be playing at it on draft. You'll win more often. It's statistically proven. On draft, you do a simple snake draft just like at the beginning of your season-long league. You can do drafts whenever you want. Uh, they last just for one day, and they take only minutes to complete. So I have draft on my phone. I just did a quick game yesterday, and uh, I got Russell Westbrook with like the third pick, and I crushed it, um, which was improbable. That would never happen with, with DraftKings or whatever else. So uh, download Draft now. Just search Draft in the App Store, and it'll come up first. Uh, be sure to enter the promo code ABPN when you download, and you'll get a 100% bonus when you deposit Again, search Draft in the App Store and be sure to enter the promo code ABPN. Nice. Um, <clears throat> let's do some news. It's the news! All right, go, go. So, I guess with the reports out this week, I don't know if we should be playing that anymore. What reports? It's a Bill O'Reilly reports. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're always out there. That's anyway, stop me. Come on. News around the league. Yeah, um, what a rip, brother. Uh, interesting news. Uh, I guess, I, you know, we both went to Syracuse uh, in full honesty. But uh, Patrick Ewing is going back home to the Georgetown Hoyas. He's going to coach mm. the Georgetown men's basketball team. Nice. Um, <clears throat> weird. Different parts of my brain are reacting in different ways. Mm-hmm. The analytical, um, you know, what's the best move here? The planning part of my brain says, I don't know if Patrick Ewing is the best pick for to run a college basketball team because yeah. he has zero experience doing that. 
My uh, this goes into the a thing that <clears throat> that happens to me a lot this time of year, where uh, they'll be like, "Oh, Brian likes basketball. Brian, like, wh- what do you like about March Madness? Who who do you got in the? Fo- What's your bracket like?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Thing is, I don't ever watch college Different. basketball. I just don't care about it. Blanket, don't watch it." And they're like. But I thought you, and I was like, nope, I don't do it. I don't do it. I don't like it. Those are pe- people don't understand. If you watch enough professional basketball, I think it's really hard to watch a lo- college basketball. I just so much worse. I hate to say it. it's just so no, it much is worse. I mean, the it's exciting. It's a different. Pro- it's just a different product. It's a totally different product. A, a, it's a different, differently, it's, and lesser product. I would yeah. uh, venture to oh, say. Oh, Wayla. I mean, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. Um. But so Ewan goes home. I am happy for him because. It was depressing to see the once great Patrick Ewing, a, a physical marvel in a way, uh, an attitude player, aggressive, great, fantastic. You're getting out of my space with this Patrick Ewing spiel. Was subject to be an assistant coach sitting in a tiny folding chair. Yeah. He always looked depressed. Yeah. There were so many stories out there of how he would interview for jobs mm. and he wouldn't get it. His friend... One of his best, well, I don't know, best friends, but one of his friends, Michael Jordan, basically gave him that assistant head coaching job, mm-hmm. but he would not give him the head coaching job. Yeah. Um, but I'm happy that it's like, not he wasn't one of my heroes, but it was like, it was weird to see someone who was once so great mm-hmm. basically ride the bench like he's a minor league baseball player. Yeah. And now he gets to go home and he's back where he was great. Yeah. And we'll see, you know, maybe he'll be amazing. Jeff Van Gundy has some very nice quotes to Adrian Wojnarowski about how, like, you know, the perception that Ewing is maybe not the most intelligent person in the world is so completely wrong and all that stuff. That's great. I'm yeah. excited to see what happens. It's just it's like I'm I'm relieved that now when I watch not that I watch that many Hornets games, but now I don't have to see this depressed once great former player. Of all the great players of that era, he had the the yeah. strangest, most public <clears throat> Uh, way of like not achieving that next step. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's that was a thing that everyone talked about. Like literally, anytime there was a national game with with any of those teams that he was sitting on the bench for, yeah. they would uh, they would talk about that. Like, yeah, they, I he, mean, he takes interviews, can't get the job. It's <laughs> Could so you sad. imagine if there was just like a TV show about how you couldn't get a job? <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah. in, in a way, like it was, it's it in, it's endearing. It's yeah. endearing that he would put himself through. Uh, something that a lot of great players would not put themselves through, which is basically to to be an assistant coach for you know guys who weren't that good in the league or mm-hmm. wouldn't even players. He would just he was like, I'm fine with that if it gets me to my goal. It's a hard worker, unlike Jason Kidd, who mm-hmm. just steals jobs and tries yeah. to get people. But he's a genius. He's a goddamn genius. Um, interesting quotes from Carmelo Anthony today. So we're recording this on a Monday. Yeah. Um, I guess he spoke to the press in some way and. Uh, the question was asked, you know, at the end of the season, a lot of times players will sit down with the GM or something to, to see where the team is going. Mm-hmm. And here are some of the quotes from Carmelo about this. Uh, he says, the chips will be on the table in that meeting, Anthony said with a smile. I see the writing on the wall. You don't know what the writing is on the wall, though, but I see it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think that's an interesting quote. It's like Stranger Things. Like he's got the, <laughs> the, the, mon- like, the he's demagogue got- <laughs> or demagorgon. Yeah, he's, he's like one owner writer. The, the writing's up on the wall. He's got the, he's got the, did you he's watch the Christmas he, lights? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I love Stranger Things, but yeah. I think, I think that quote, I see the writing on the wall. You don't know what the writing is on the wall though, but I see it. I think that is him saying that Phil is either going to leave 
mm-hmm. or be fired, mm-hmm. and that Dolan has told Carmelo privately, because Dolan likes Carmelo, that seems mm-hmm. to be pretty obvious, that um, you, Carmelo, just kind of wait this out, wait out this half of the season, it really stinks, I know, but Phil is not here. Mm-hmm. Phil is going to go away, and you don't have to worry about him anymore. He also said something like, so I guess Scottie Pippen was talking about how uh, Carmelo was getting bad treatment from Phil, and Carmelo says, whether it's good or bad, people are speaking up their opinion rather than me trying to convince them or not convince them people of the situation, what's going on, and I can just play basketball. Everybody sees what's going on, so they're going to have their own opinion. Everyone sees, essentially, mm-hmm. of how terrible the situation is. Yeah. So I think... I like I like you being. Can I just say that, and and we're not the only people to be on the record as as having hated the decision to hire Phil for that position from day one. But there was nobody. I don't, I don't think we ever were not critical of it, and we've only ever been one hundred percent right. Do you want a high five? Can I be honest? I um, thought it was a good hire. <laughs> did you win? Yeah, nah, I thought it was fun because they were in such a disaster. Remember how? how I gotta go back and listen to these tips. You just went along with me when I was talking about how terrible it was, and you're yeah, just nodding I your head. Say it. Well, I'm going to high-five myself. Good for you. If you don't mind, excuse me. (laughs) Don't do it, right? Last thing. And apparently the story, I saw this on uprocks.com. Cool. Cool Um, website. I don't know even who the rapper they were talking. Little Short. You ever heard of Little Short? Nope. Little Short is apparently a legendary Oakland rapper. And you remember the uh, LeBron, Soldier Boy, Mm -hmm. Deshaun Stevenson, Jay-Z feud? Yeah. Little Short was somehow... T- attached to it maybe i think he jay-z like covered his song in a way or took the beat from his song to do that soldier boy diss song okay little short says jay-z did it because he was trying to get lebron to come play for the nets mm-hmm. and he wanted to get in lebron's good graces so he wrote essentially a diss song about deshaun stevenson and soldier boy mm. to to make lebron know that jay-z yeah. likes him that there'll be more songs in your future if you play for the nets so there you go LeBron was almost a net. When did that headline? That was that was that was what the headline was. No, I think I, I don't know. I just saw the the story today. On that's a hilarious some, story. Someone in basketball Twitter tweeted it out, and then that's such I a, consumed. That's such a hilarious non-story. I consumed it. Well, that's it. Hey, you did a great job tonight, Mike. Thanks. I you give too. you a seven out of ten. Okay, I'll take that. <laughs> I don't I don't grade my peers. Uh, All right, Brian. How dignified. Um, uh, well, thank you for listening. Almighty Baller Network, a lot of exciting things. Netsdaily.com. Again, uh, we're going to be doing some exciting stuff coming up, Brian. Are we? That outro, I'm going to raise you up to a 7.5, Mike. That oh. was, you're really <laughs> zipping through that. That was nice. At BK Glue Guys. iTunes, search Glue Guys. Make sure you're, follow- you're downloading the right one, though. There used to be our old podcast feed. Go find the new one. You'll see it. It yeah. has the most recent episodes. Yeah. Brian, happy Passover. <laughs> um, good stuff, Mike. And hey, thanks, everybody. And uh, good night, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I blew it this time. Oh, Damn it. Brian. Brian.